Hello, Dreadfills. Welcome back to the Demimond. Today we are talking about the season three premiere of Penny Dreadful, the day Tennyson died. Stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Hello, Dreadfuls. Welcome back to AfterBuzz TV. We're here doing Penny Dreadful After Show Season 3 premiere. So excited. As you can tell, I am Marissa Serafini. I'm back once again. I'm very, very excited to talk about this season. You can follow me on Twitter at TV. You may have noticed that some of my panelists aren't back, but we have a great panel lined up for the season. Ladies, introduce yourself. Hey, what's up? I'm Angela Strzok, and you can follow me at the Angela Strzok on Twitter. Hey guys, I'm Renee Ariel. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Renee Ariel. Excellent. Yes, this should be a really exciting yes, season. Yes, this was a great. So much to talk about. The day Tennyson died. First episode premiere episode. Really quickly, what were your thoughts? Let's start with you. Well, it was such a whirlwind. There were some new characters um, and just seeing kind of the new place where all of our favorite characters are now as opposed to at the end of the last season. Um, very dramatic and I'm excited to see what happens this season. Very exciting. Yeah, I cannot believe that all of our favorite characters that are so good together are now apart and like really far apart and I just want to see like where those storylines go and if they get back together, which I hope they do. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I had the same thought that went through my head because all of our favorite characters are back, yet this is probably the first episode none of them actually interacted with each right. other. Right. And such a different dynamic when they're separated and on their own. Obviously, no one's like really in a good mental or Not physical right. state. Like, they all fell it's, apart. Yeah, it's the definition of like better together. Exactly. Oh, like, yeah. All of them were just really down and out. Like Absolutely. poor Vanessa, she is roughing it in that house. Like she covered up all her furniture. She wasn't eating. Oh my goodness. Yes. It was bad. We'll definitely get to it. There's so much to talk about. I love I think for a premiere, it was really a great I mean it was a fairly slower episode. Yeah. Up until I definitely like the agree last with ten that. minutes, yes. which we'll get to. Yes. <laughs> but uh, I think it was a really good strong episode to just start where the characters are right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's very filmic this show. So they're kind of starting easing us into it mm-hmm. and, and setting things up, I think, this episode. Definitely. But it's still very I'm invested. Very invested. <laughs> Always invested. Let's start with uh, John Clare, first of all. Poor John. Poor John Clare. I thought he was in the worst situation. It just keeps really? getting worse for him. Everything. Yes. It was just like... Yeah, as we know, John Clare, he left because, you know, at the end of the finale of last season, everyone left their own ways. John Clare, he went on a boat, and as per the canon, that his story of Frankenstein, the monster, would go to, the, like, somewhere near the Arctic Circle. So he's somewhere north where it's freezing. Apparently that whole cruise ship apparently died. Right. There's yeah. only about like two, three people left. Yeah. yeah and and I just love when boy. he got off and started walking. <laughs> I know. I mean, I'm going he's just like, I'm, I, I've just been hanging out on the boat the whole time, but now I'm, I'm over it. Yeah, but you know, we'll be even before that, but what did you think of the men there just like questioning that they shouldn't be eating humans, it's unholy and whatnot? Yeah, I mean, that's such a theme throughout the show. Um, right and wrong, holy, demonic, everything. So, I mean, it, it felt really, you know, apropos. Um, but I, I, 
It was it was a tough scene. I mean, what do you do? You know, in that in that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I feel like when it gets to the point that you're even like talking about the idea of eating each other, like the thoughts going through your head. I think Mr. Claire left at the right time. I mean, probably should have left a little bit before, but he killed the little boy, went on his way to go home. But it was yeah. interesting. He remembered. Yes, I was His just going to ask you oh, about yeah. that. So we see John Claire sings to the little boy who's sick and probably dying because yeah. of the cold weather and the hypothermia. But it was interesting to see John Claire like have some compassion, and, and which is ironic because he's probably the most inhuman person who has the most human feelings. Right. Yeah. Which Very is true. Like, I think that's just great character development for him where he started as being the most wild person to the most human person. Yeah. Um, they're humanistic more so. But the song he sings to the little boy all through the night, um, which is a very uh, folk song. That, that's a popular song. Right. Um, but he, during this, he has that flashback memory of who he really was. Right, and that's yeah. the first time he's really had that realization, yeah. right? Yes. If I remember correctly. I don't think he's really connected with that part of him, you know, his past before yet. Mm-hmm. So what do you think this will due to John Clare's character. Do you think we'll see more of this in the future? I think, yeah, I think they wouldn't just show him remembering one little aspect of his past life, per se, and then just get rid of that idea completely. I bet he's going to start remembering things, and then I assume his character will become even more compassionate. Hopefully, we'll be able to get those relationships that he's so hoped to have this entire show. I'm assuming, too, he's going to try and find his his wife, his you know, family. and his family, and, and that's going to open up a whole other storyline um, to what she thinks of him now and if she wants anything to do with him, if she views him as a monster, if she can see, you know, mm-hmm. the person in the heart that he was before. Yeah. Um, I wonder if his son is still alive. Because they showed him looking ill yeah, like this yeah. boy, and that there's, seems like that's what jogged the memory. There's a whole correlation of right. a sick child right now to the memory of his sick child that we're led to believe that was his right. child. So it makes me think if he's still alive or not. I don't Wonder. know. <laughs> I don't and know. If, if he died, maybe he'll want Victor Frankenstein to bring him back. Him. Yeah. Go find him. <laughs> oh. I mh. mean, we've had revivals of uh, the adults, but not kids yet. Right. And I think that would just take Victor Frankenstein's illness on a whole right. Oh, 100%. Definitely, definitely. Okay. I, I, it seems like he's kind of done with that side of his business and his practice. Absolutely. After Lily. Mm, we'll see. Yeah, we'll <laughs> see. We'll get to that. Yeah. But uh, one, one more thing. So we see John Claire, he leaves. But before he does, he actually kills the little boy and puts him out of his misery. Yeah. That neck snapping was terrible. That's a yeah. horrible The cringe. cringe. Yeah. It's a horrible sound. Definitely. Mm, but I think it was good on John and Claire to like put someone because he knows someone was suffering. So I think he that ended it, it in a good way. It, yeah, I think it obviously brought him back to what he dealt with with the death, potential death or illness of his child. Yep. In some form, and I think uh, it made him just not want to put this kid through that. And and he knew if he had to, maybe it also that memory told him that he had to leave. And if he had to leave and he couldn't protect this little boy, that these people would come eat him and it would just be a much worse scenario. So yeah. Yeah. I think what people, what like throws people off about um, John Clare is also the fact that though he is very um, emotional and does have compassion, he does things very logically. 
like when he did snap the little boy's neck and it was to keep him from suffering it wasn't an emotional moment for him it was more so him being like okay he's going to suffer and die in a few days might as well end his suffering now and I think that's what was like shocking yeah yeah Yeah. and it was a different type of death from John Clare because we've seen his character actually kill ruthlessly and this was actually something out of just I think true compassion yeah which also just shows how much and how far John Clare has come as a person. Right. As a being. Um, anything else about John Clare? All right. I don't think, I, I, yeah, I think we kind of... Right. So Ethan Chandler. Oh, I love I Ethan. I mean, don't we all? Oh, oh my God, he's the best part of the whole show. Oh my God, he is. Yeah. Oh, he's so beautiful. <laughs> he's so manly. Oh, you love his hair. I do love his hair. I agree. I, I like the long hair. Am I the only one? I like his longer hair. It's all right. I find him more sexy with short hair. Yeah, me too. I didn't expect that yeah. from him. I don't know if it's like he just looks way more clean cut. Oh, yeah. yeah. He does. Like, he's yeah. already, like, a wild guy for obvious reasons, yeah. so mm-hmm. I, I like it. It's a little edge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, we saw in the finale of season two that he got extradited back to his home country of America, yeah. but now he's on a train heading west back to New Mexico. Mm-hmm. But we have Inspector Rusk. He, he played a big issue and a big problem throughout, always ch- chasing him down in season two, and uh, he's pretty much just stuck on that train but yeah. we see all those men shoot up the place and release him i know yeah just out of nowhere they just yeah. <laughs> yeah. popped up i lost track of how many headshots there were oh there yeah were so, so many. many and it was always like they would make eye contact and then shoot them right there and i was like this they're is trying a lot. to i think it was like they're ruthless they'll look yeah. you dead in the eye and just mm-hmm. end your life yeah. without any qualms there's mm-hmm. a cool shootout though very oh, yeah. cool it felt very western I just want to know what the um, witch was doing on the train. I was going to say, asked. Like this the m- mysterious woman. It looked like Hecate. But yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes. He's like, you can't shoot a defenseless woman. I was like, no, nah, girl. You're yeah, yeah. No, she could have killed the whole train. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, Leave her there for like, a few more minutes. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, don't believe her. She's up to something. So she, she's obviously watching out for Chandler. Yes. Yeah, well, especially how they left off in the uh, season, two, season, uh, yeah. season two finale with them talking. And that was never really cleared up, I don't think. And now she's following him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's a stalker. Yeah. So. She she wants to do something with him. Yeah. She I mean, has. don't we all? <laughs> <laughs> but I think her actions and reasonings are more nefarious than what a lot of women yes. are Right, the right, show. exactly. Let's be real. Yeah. Um, but we find out that it was actually Ethan's father who helped set up the release right. and capturing of him. Yeah. Which sometimes it seems like Ethan would rather be arrested and pay his price, be it even death, than see his father again. So this is almost like, I don't know, yeah. worst case. Like, I, I feel like he, the last thing he wants to do is see his father again. Yeah. I just question how how powerful his father right. is. Right. Yeah, well, I mean, apparently really powerful if he can do to the have whole a train whole train. Right. Yeah, to uh, go right. get his son. And his son kept, I mean, in season two, uh, even with the first time we saw um, Hackety, uh, when they were getting coffee, and he thought this was a, uh, the whole thing set up by his father. Like, he always thinks it's his father behind things. So right. he, his father definitely has to be very powerful. Yeah. Absolutely. And then, uh, well, well, as we know, if you, you know, follow Penny Dreadful, as you should, um, <laughs> Brian Cox, the actor, is casted um, to play Jared Talbert, Ethan's father. 
And he'll be coming in the middle of the season, and he's slated for at least two episodes. Nice. So that should be fun to watch. Oh, yeah. Gosh, yeah. 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 Bums. But it's in when we also see, uh, you know, so he gets carried away by all those men, and they're they're after him. And well, it's more so that I, I loved Ethan's lines like, uh, "Good luck, <laughs> I'm taking you home." To, to your father. Good yeah. luck. And yeah. so do you think Ethan will skip out and escape? I think that we all want to see what's going on with the father and mm-hmm. that whole relationship. So I think, you know, the writers want to show us that world. But I think that Ethan will be able to defend himself once he gets to the scenario with the father. I, I think I think he'll be able to stand up to him and, and handle that in whatever way is necessary. Right. Well, I think because he's a werewolf, and I think, I don't know, I wonder if that's, I mean, it has to be a known thing. It's his dad, right? But is his dad also a werewolf? Does that come from his family? Do they know about it? Mm-hmm. Well, because well, we also saw in, like, season two that uh, some, it was, since some things are family-oriented and some things are just passed on. Right. Like, genetically right so we'll maybe when we get jared talbert into these episodes we'll actually get like a full understanding mm-hmm. of where ethan comes from right which should be fun yeah, yeah. <laughs> because he like ethan himself is still a mystery we're still learning a little bit more about him every episode yeah, yeah. definitely mm-hmm. it, but it's it, i think they do know he's a werewolf because in i think it was either season one or season two when the first group of guys that the father sent after that they knew that he was a werewolf Mm-hmm. Well, so, I think they were questioning, it, and then they finally got like physical proof. That yeah, yeah. So they know something's up with him, I guess. Yeah. So, what do you think will come first if Ethan gets a hold of a gun and shoots up the place, or if the full moon comes out first and he'll eat everybody? I'm going with that one. I think <laughs> I the mean, latter. He's a double threat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He really is. Yeah, <laughs> he really is. So don't cross him on a bad day. Yeah. Um, but it's it's interesting to see where Ethan is in the in the West. Right now, he's on his own. But that kind of takes us to Sir, Mar- Sir Malcolm Murray. Oh, um, so yeah. Again, another person who left the area. Everyone just went their own ways. But we, Dispersed. Yes, definitely dispersed. Um, we, we find out at the beginning of the episode, or the reintroduction of, for this season, that he's writing a letter to Vanessa. and But he's not loving Africa like he used to. Mm-hmm. No. Buried poor Sam Benny. Oh, I felt so bad when some Benny died. Oh, oh, I know. We were all mourning. That was, that was so sad. Horrible. Yeah. But I, I find it sad that Sir Malcolm had this, like, love for the country of Africa and its traditions and yeah. whatnot. And he comes back to this place in such a place of darkness, and he he wants to just be rid of that area. Yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of like um, what... I can't pronounce the guy's name, the new Native American character that came in. Cat, oh, yeah. Cut something. Katane. Oh. Katane. That's a really um, cool name. Yeah. He kind of said, like, his purpose, in life, <laughs> his purpose in life is to feed, uh, what was it, the, what were the, uh, fight the demons of the, gra- you know, below ground in the mm-hmm. heavens or something like that. I can't remember the quote, but I really liked it, um, until his death. And I think that he has, like, a calling. I think each of them do, and that's what kind of makes them unique is that they've got this calling inside of them that they're kind of restless wherever they are because they know that they have, like, a greater purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, destiny is a huge theme in this show, yeah. and I think, like, 
everything that happens when they're apart is just pretty much telling them, like, come back together. Right. We're waiting for you. We've got work to do. Yeah. Yeah. But we see the introduction of Ketane, who is also Shirokawa Apache, so mm-hmm. he has some ties to Ethan. Right. From the, the, the same tribe out there. And he actually says that Ethan is, was pretty much like a son to him. Right. And he convinces, or he's trying to convince Sir Malcolm to go back to the West with him to help go help get Ethan. Yeah, right. go get Ethan, yeah. Sir yeah. Malcolm. Yeah. What do you think of this pairing? Like, both of these two guys pairing up together. It's two strong pillars of, you know, pillars of strength coming together. I mean, both, it was Mm -hmm. like, each of them were were such titans sitting across from one another at the table. I think it's it's really strong. And I think, um, you know, especially now that he'll get the, Sir Malcolm will get the letter from Vanessa Ives speaking about her true situation, that she is upset and that she is missing something and that she's missing, you know, um... Ethan, I think he's going to feel even more of a need to go help Ethan out and and mm-hmm. go to New Mexico. I think it'll be definitely fun. I, I did love the line, like, our son needs us. And where is your heart? Be who you are. Yeah. So and I think that was a, just like a really convincing way to get Sir Malcolm off of his hump. Right. <laughs> yeah. To go right. to the West. Right. Should be fun to watch, though. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I think out. his heart is in is in helping Vanessa and and fighting evil, fighting the good fight. Yeah. All <laughs> right. So let's get to one of my favorite characters to watch, Victor Frankenstein. Oh, he's so great. He's dreamy. He's just... every actor on this show is just first class. Yeah. He he his role takes him to such dark places. It's really incredible to watch. I love Frankenstein. Yeah. Victor, more so. Yeah. <laughs> Victor. I love his voice. He's so good. Hair to it. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Amazing. But we see he's not doing well either. Yeah. yeah. Everyone is literally really... just like gone. He's a junkie. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He's yeah. an addict. More he so. just, I remember um, even last season, like, I mean, he always looks very tired with mm-hmm. the red in his eyes, but now I feel like it's just getting, now he's getting some stubble, which I like the stubble. I like a little bit of scruff. <laughs> but he, I feel like he just keeps looking a little bit worse and worse, and he's kind of falling apart yeah. more so. And I just, I hope he gets better, truthfully. Yeah, he's definitely in his darkest, I think we've ever seen him by far. Definitely on the downworld spiral, as his character has always really bad. Yeah. It's just crazy now, like, looking back, if you go back to the first episode in season one, everyone was just so posh and luxurious and yes. mm-hmm. very well put together. Yes. And then at the beginning of this episode, everyone is, Everyone's like, so disheveled, disoriented, disintegrated more so. It's yes. just, it's crazy just how much things can change. The only people. one who's kept it together is Lyle. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we'll get to Lyle. So great. Yeah, don't worry. We'll get to Lyle. But Victor's at this point where he he's really lowly in life, and he calls up his good friend, Doctor Jekyll. Yes. What do you think of Doctor Jekyll? So excited that he's you know gonna be a major part of the show now. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I like him no a idea. lot. I, I think uh, he's gonna help pick him up, and he's he's trying so hard because, I mean, Victor Frankenstein is so down about. Lily and life, and this guy's like, listen, we're gonna get it together. We're gonna figure this out, and it's nice to see him having a, like a true friend. Well, I just love the part when he's like, "What happened to my colleague who was so <laughs> angry?" It's like it's Mr. Hyde, right? right. <laughs> that's that's Mr. Hyde. So I'm excited to see uh, 
that come out as well. And Yes, Dr. Jekyll, played by Shazad Latif. Um, I, I love this portrayal of Dr. Jekyll because oh, yeah. I, I've seen a lot of different and read um, right. you know, the story and whatnot. But this is a very interesting portrayal. Right. And I think Penny Dreadful just does so good of who they cast for like, yeah. iconic characters. Yeah. And to be honest, this is not someone that I would have pictured for this character. So I'm like very open to the possibility of what he can bring, right. something new to yeah. this, uh, the new aspect of Dr. Jekyll. I'm very, very excited. But... Um, I love that there was this question uh, where he, well, more so when Dr. Jekyll's talking about Lily and right. destroying it, and then even Victor's like, well, what about you? Yeah. But he talks about, like, the neurological chemicals that, as we know, his character, that there's the, and they, they foreshadowed, um, you know, learn to control it, an essence right. of my work now, the neurological chemical reactions of the brain and taming the beast right. within. So what do you think that will show for Dr. Jekyll? Do you think that's like setting up for what we might see in the future? Yeah, I think they're probably definitely going to explore, you know, what he's developed with Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde and his two sides this mm-hmm. um, of, of his personality and everything. Um and then I guess they're going to try and do that with Lily. I don't think it's going to work. Oh, we'll my see. gosh. I'm so she's, excited. She's a whole other level. I mean, she's really not human at this point. Her powers are kind of in another realm, come from another realm, I think. And I, I don't know if they'll be able to just tame it with um, straightforward. Yeah. You know. What do you think of their so-called plan that we want to domesticate Lily? I mean, I don't think that's going to happen. Like, the last time they spoke, she was so cruel. She's lost it. She's and cold. She's so cold. She's, like, pure evil yeah. is how I would she's describe evil. her at yeah. this point. I don't think she has a conscience anymore. Yeah. Like, I don't see how they could make her see any light at this point. I agree, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's, like, any point of redemption for Lily's character? Like, she is someone who can be worth saving? For the show, I mean, I think it's interesting to just see how crazy she can get. But, I mean, um, yeah, I I don't think that there's any way. I mean, even when she was playing that role of the cat purring on his lap, she was fighting it even then. I mean, it really didn't suit her. So I think that this part of her was always inside. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, um, what's his name? Um, Derry... Dorian? Dorian. 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 It helped yeah. her let it out. Um, but, yeah, I don't I don't think there's any going back now. Yeah. I find it interesting how we didn't see Dorian or Lily. I know. Oh, Dorian no. Gray, yes. Where'd they yeah. go? Yeah. Very upset. And we talked about it, um, you know, in our previous seasons that we don't see enough of Dorian Gray. Yes. I want to see so much more of Dorian Gray. I think oh, they yeah. like so that, though. Like, I think, they, I think the writers like that he's such this mystery you know, yeah. that we know very little about because that's who he is as a character. So hopefully, I think they love to get us just little snippets so we're wanting more. Yes, and, you know, we, we our previous panel, we, we've talked about it too because uh, Dorian always, like, comes in and out of episodes. Mm-hmm. But if you think about it, he's the most removed character from the storylines um, of the show. Because, you know, we have iconic characters from all these stories and whatnot, right. but they purposely write everyone to tie together, and Dorian's mm-hmm. like the odd one out. Yeah. That we can just go back to every few episodes. Right. I feel like eventually they'll have a season that 
tells us a lot more about Dorian and maybe focuses more on him and has his storyline tie in with uh, the other characters. Yeah. I, I bet that's coming because it is such a fascinating story to tell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's so creepy. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 But I mean, we'll, we'll get to Dorian when he actually comes back <laughs> onto yeah. the show. But one more thing about the whole uh, Dr. Jekyll and Victor interaction and whatnot. I, what do you think of the theme of humans domesticating other humans but like the the whole animal theme that we need to calm them down domesticate them i find that very lowly or maybe cocky yeah i mean mean, very cocky yeah but victor frankenstein is always kind of cocky i think in his approach to humans i mean it's a science Science. these are bodies that he's working on the same as you know any chemicals or whatever you'd be using. Um, So the same as a a rabbit on his table or whatever it would be that he was dissecting. So I don't think he views humans the same way we would. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Yeah, I think every single time it even, like, goes into trying to domesticate another human, it doesn't go well or ends up going bad in some way so I mean I don't know how many times it's going to take for them to try again and again and again until they realize that but yeah. it's not going well it just keeps getting worse yeah yeah we'll, we'll see <laughs> but hopefully maybe he might have a successful I mean his the first patient that we saw um, in season one and then was killed by Caliban so right that one was so sweet that, that was like the only yes. potential yeah. one that could have gone but he didn't really have right. to tame him he kind of when right when he was alive he was kind of had a sweet demeanor Hume, yeah more humanistic nature yeah um, I agree all right, so one more thing about the Dr. Jekyll. But the, the story of Jekyll and Hyde actually was published in 1886. And we find out, you know, the day Lord Alfred, Lord Tennyson died was actually 1892. So it does take place in the Victorian England time canon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just to historical accuracy, <laughs> um, th- this show is very on point. Yes. So right. are you. you yes, yeah, seriously. <laughs> you. She's got her facts. <laughs> Um, no, I, I love these stories. You know, yeah, yeah, they're so good. Great. Um, Vanessa Eyes, Eva Green is fantastic. I say it every single episode, she's just phenomenal. She's insane. I, Eva I Green, love that that's her character. name. Eva Green, Eva the Green, actress, yeah. she's just fabulous. Fabulous on all fronts. All right, so we get, of course, Eva Green comes back. She's not in the best state either. No. We start the whole episode, the whole manner is completely barren. Dirty, everything like the dishes aren't done, the mails aren't an- the mail letters aren't answered. Yeah, she's yeah. not in the best state right now. Yeah, you think yeah. when we're going through the house that there's going to be no one inside, but there's Vanessa. Yeah, yeah. Like, the place is a mess. <laughs> yeah, but what do we think of Ferdinand Lyle coming in? I thought that was so sweet because mm-hmm. he really is a kind character, and even though he's flawed and has made mistakes along the way. He does care for Vanessa and the whole crew. And um, I thought it was really sweet that he went out of his way to come check on her and, and get her out of her slump. Yes. You know? I love what you've done with the place. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I also love you living amongst those spiders. And yeah. Like, come back to <laughs> the you know, mammalian yes. community. I like, love that. oh, Lyle. <laughs> um, I, I definitely love Lyle because he's the most uh, consistent 
character who brings levity to mm-hmm. such a dark yes yeah. yes he's definitely the comedic relief yes mm-hmm. absolutely um without but, overdoing it which i love yeah and i yeah. think he's just such a sweet character yeah. you you just love him like, yeah oh you just give him a big hug yeah and i think that he's definitely what vanessa needed during that time of solitude mm-hmm. and loneliness yeah yeah. That he even helps her convince to go see Dr. Seward. Yeah. yeah. Patty Lapone. <laughs> she's back. She is back. But she's a different character. I she's know. not Cutwife or Joan Clayton. Yeah. She's Dr. Seward. Yeah. What do you think of Patty Lapone in this portrayal as a new character? Oh, I love her. Yeah. I mean, both of the characters mm-hmm. were so strong and um, like doesn't mince words you know what I mean she's just like tells it like it is um and and she's kind of this guide and this um mentor for her uh for Vanessa both I think you know so it'll be interesting to see how their relationship develops um yeah well what do you think yeah I feel like Vanessa off the bat wants a relationship whereas maybe she doesn't in return Um, But I love how straightforward she is, and I think that's the voice that Vanessa needs to hear, as we can see, as she actually does try to do something new um, that the doctor suggests, which I like because we need to get Vanessa out of this funk, but I I really want them to develop a close relationship. Yeah. Um, I find it interesting, Dr. Seward, if you guys don't know the canon of Dracula... But Dr. Seward is actually, there's Dr. Jack Seward based on the Dracula story. But the the Dr. Seward that we see via Patty Lapone, we only just know her name is Dr. Seward. We don't really know her first name mm-hmm. yet. <laughs> but according to the canon, there is a Dr. Jack Seward and her secretary, who we'll find out later, we'll get to, Renfield, right. who is actually a patient of Dr. Seward in Dracula's story. Interesting. Oh. Yes, he was a psych patient. Uh, um, Interesting. Yes. Which we saw a bit. Yeah, that makes of, a little sense. Uh, <laughs> stability yes. there with he, him. He was a mental patient Interesting. of Dr. Seward. So it makes sense. How And I love this portrayal that Penny Dreffel does so well of iconic characters, but their own twist on Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but I just, I thought one thing, when you said trying to something new... I thought it was so interesting that her something new was being surrounded by death at this museum. I mean, it's taxidermy. I mean, it's dead yeah. animals everywhere. Yeah. And it's just like it surrounds her everywhere she goes. Um, She's walking and they're giving out the death ribbons, you know. It's just. Right. Yeah, real quickly before we go to the, the natural museum. But the whole interaction between Dr. Seward and Vanessa, what do you think of both of these women like pretty much like reading each other and profiling more so? What do I you think of it. Dr. Mm. Seward's like reading Vanessa? I think it's true. I think that's exactly what she's going through. In fact, one of the things she said was you're either you either lost your family or faith or your love um, or, or all, all three. three. And she did. Mm-hmm. She was on point with that. And I think that was, I mean, probably the first real social interaction Vanessa's had um, since, like, Lyle came. So it was a good reality check, I think, for her, and it it hit her where it needed to, and I think that was really good for Vanessa, regardless if it was a bit harsh. 
Yeah. She's only missing the part about fighting demons. And, yeah. You yeah. Know, like all the part. evil spirits. And, I mean, you know, but. This is the first interaction. With her. <laughs> yeah. I feel that's like the third or fourth yeah. session. In. I did sure. like how she asked, though, how she pays for things. Because I was oh, wondering that first. I was like, how is she just sitting around for months and months drinking milk out of dirty bottles? And yeah. then, like, she can go pay psychiatrist well, a little bit but, but yeah, yeah. No, I know, we know bit. in season one that her father was really well to do yeah. very successful yeah. wealthy man but so who like always provided Just for the family so yeah. we know that Vanessa comes from a place of wealth yes um I think it's more so like a trust fund in a way right right back then never um, ending one yes yeah. large inheritance <laughs> yeah. quote yeah. um but I did love this moment because I think I I find it interesting it took someone else to tell Vanessa her faults. Yeah. But it took that moment for Vanessa to actually realize it too and admit that to her. So. Yeah. 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 Because Vanessa kind of came out swinging with like, this is what I see in you. You want me as your patient. You want mm-hmm. to study me. And then she just came right back and, and really Vanessa took it and listened. She put and, her in her place. Yes, yeah, she did. I was like... All right. And it takes Dr. a strong Seward. woman to do that. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just like, you're happy alone. The cycle goes on. Snake yeah. eating its own tail. <laughs> yeah. It's like Ouroboros. Anyone? Um, I, I really like this, and I think it'll be interesting to see more sessions. Yeah. yeah on definitely. and on. But before uh, Vanessa leaves, Dr. Seward's like, just do something new. Eat something new. Go somewhere new. And I, and I really like, like this, which then takes us to the London Natural History Museum. Mm-hmm. All that taxidermy yes. right there. And the scorpions. Um, yeah. yeah, of course the scorpions. Of course the scorpions, because <laughs> yeah. that is the physical representation of um, Vanessa. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. her whole symbol. Yeah. But, but we meet Dr. Alexander Sweet. Who seems like him. the perfect guy for her. But I don't trust really? him. Right, exactly. He seems too good to be true. Played so. by Christian Carmago. Yeah. Uh, doctor of the zoological studies there, pretty much the boss. But I, I think it's, so do you think that this could be a new potential love interest for Vanessa? I think it might start to blossom, but I think he has his own secrets, and I don't think he's going to end up being a good character. I think he's going to go bad. Really? Because I don't trust it. It's too good to be true. They had chemistry. He seemed decent. Mm. I, don't, I don't trust it. You know something you we don't. I <laughs> no, want to know what you no. know. <laughs> I'm, I'm genuinely asking. I don't know. I, I mean, I thought he was so sweet, and I thought that there was, like, a moment of her. I loved when he's talking about how he likes helping the creatures that mm-hmm. are down and out, and um, I can't remember the way he Step described it. Stop and look and wonder and wonder. The unloved ones, yeah. unvisited ones, broken and shunned creatures someone's got to take care of them right <laughs> i was like okay is this a metaphor for you taking care right. of Vanessa? Yeah. exactly i mean he could be perfect for her but she just never kind of gets that really happy ending so yeah. i feel like it could be too good to be true i think but it's definitely i i feel like uh the people that are typically attracted to vanessa or go after vanessa are never the good guys are always the bad guys and i think this could be a bad guy in disguise because we like him too much right off yeah. the bat. But also she may she may mess it up, you know. She may not follow through with it and he, maybe he is the good guy, but it's still again her mm-hmm. um, that's not ready to get into that positive relationship just as the doctor said. So 
Do you think it'd be too soon if she got into another relationship? Oh, yeah. I, I think she's just got a lot of work to do on herself. Girl needs to be single <laughs> yeah, for Yeah, a she no, needs to take real. a break. <laughs> yeah. Last breakup got her into a phone. Yeah. She needs to... I think every relationship she's been in has been... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Has thrown her into a funk. Yes. Delete her online dating profile. She's <laughs> off the market for a little while. I mean, like... Her and Dorian, she got possessed by the devil. Yeah. And then her and Ethan, she she almost killed herself. So yeah. There's a lot of problems with yeah. her and her men. But you know, there <laughs> was that line with um Dr. Seward. It's like you're drawn to the dark, complicated, impossible men. I'm like, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, you she are. Is. Sums it yes. up. Yeah. Like, and I also like the way that. she described how she kind of throws herself. Like with her dress and everything, she mm-hmm. she you know, I I really liked that dress to draw the eye. Yeah, like wow. That's but then so laughs at so them. So on point. <laughs> what was it like that? Then um, just like thinks little of them by the men that are drawn oh, yeah. to her, but yeah. for those reasons, because it's like you fool kind of thing. Yeah. I thought that was really interesting. Doctor Seward was just like spot on point with. Yeah, everything. I know. I love that whole speech. Yeah. Yeah, I hit the nail on the head there. <laughs> But afterwards, I mean, she, she's kind of left in, in like a more positive place now. More yeah, definitely. Place. She was cleaning the house. She Finally. Was, cleans her act up more Yeah, <laughs> writing a truthful letter to Sir Malcolm. Yes. Yeah, so oh, that was sweet. Yeah. The day Tennyson died, well, Alf, Alfred Lord Tennyson, I don't know if you've ever yeah. read his work. He's fantastic. Yes. Um, which is actually October 6, 1892. So that places just where everyone is in the storyline because mm-hmm. we also find that like sir malcolm murray wrote this, a letter to vanessa on the exact same day and now vanessa's writing a letter back to him yeah yep. yet they don't know it but they're both writing to each other right it takes a bit of time yeah it's not a text message yeah. <laughs> they'll get <laughs> it a month the, later the old, <laughs> i find the old handwriting is just way more classy yeah more meaningful yes yeah uh, but during the letter what do you think of we we find out that vanessa has like completely lost her faith and religion. How I mean, could she not? Yeah, I was after say everything same she's thing. been through. I yeah. mean, but at the same point in time, seeing that evil in the world and then you know, kind of coming out on the other side, I guess, would also it, it could strengthen your belief in something bigger and more to you know out there than just yeah. what we deal with here on Earth. I guess. Yeah, but it was kind of nice to see that she was like. Coming back to things a little bit, I guess, towards the end of the episode. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we need to give it a little bit of time, too, because she, I mean, after that whole season when she did take the cross off the wall and she definitely lost her faith, I mean, after all that happened, that made sense. And then still she was in such a rough patch. So I think she needs to pick herself up. And then eventually she will get her faith back. And, you know, if she has to deal with all of these demons and everything again, she's definitely going to need her faith in order to do that. Yeah. So that's kind of her strength. Exactly. And and I find it just there was one of the lines during her letter I found it really sad. Um, When she's talking about Ethan, she said, if I believed in the old words, I would pray for him. But that's gone from me now. I know. You don't even have faith to pray for The writing on the show. I know. So good. Writing's so good. But, yes, and I agree. But even at the end of that, she also says, the old monsters are gone. Old curses have echoed to silence. So do you think that she's believed that the darkness is completely away from her? Like, nothing's after her anymore? Well, she probably does believe that, but she also doesn't believe in any light. She's in some, like, middle ground where nothing's happy, nothing's sad. She just feels probably numb. 
Yeah, I mean, maybe the you know threats that have been so present and in her face prior, she feels are a bit more dormant. But I think, I mean, the fact that she's still scratching herself, she looks at the clock, and she's kind of mm-hmm. still this erratic you know, person never feeling at ease. And she obviously sensed Renfield's energy or, well, I guess he wasn't really possessed Renfield's energy. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe she was getting onto it, like that somebody was watching or something or something was in, because it was funny. She didn't feel as on guard with Dr. Seward. It was in that waiting room that kind of. Yeah. We'll get to Renfield real quick, but one more thing. Um, At the end of the letter, she goes to the window and which is really interesting because in like season one and two, there were moments and episodes where she couldn't even be by a window. They're like, you can't get out because mm-hmm. people are after you. But yeah. the fact that she opens up the window, she's like literally more physically and figuratively open to the world. I find that just a beautiful mm-hmm. um, parallel there. But she recites um, Lord Tennyson and the beat happy stars timing with things below beat my heart more blessed than heart can tell. Blessed, but for some dark undercurrent of woe that seems to draw, but it shall not be so. Let all be well, be well. And that's actually from Maud, which is a famous poem by Alfred Lord Tennyson, mm. because the bells are tolling. Yeah. A poor poet has died. Yeah. That sad day. Um, but that pretty much takes us to the last final scene just like Ugh. holy crap they just set up the none whole, of us saw that coming the whole season no so we see the secretary um from dr seward's office who's also played by sam bennett we find out his name is renfield he takes the money pretty much just goes down to like this dark dreary market hits up with Got a, a prostitute, prostitute. Yeah. so uncomfortable with his ten scene was so yeah. uncomfortable <laughs> yeah i was like okay this is definitely penny dreadful yes <laughs> and yeah. then uh but there was a big whoosh. That's literally what I put him in a whoosh sound effect. <laughs> and uh, he's pretty much, he wakes up and he's in a dark, beautiful. Oh my goodness. This whole scene just looked gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. And shot fantastically yeah. well. Yeah. Um, but we see all the, it seems like vampires. I would, I mean, oh yeah. I would say vampires. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the only thing, I mean, maybe this is just because I've watched too much True Blood, is those vampires <laughs> were walking in the day um, when they sold her the ribbons. Right, right. Oh, yeah. It, so I was interested in that. We see the same mysterious man and the child. That Did, creepy kid. The, yes. Yeah. You, so creepy. The first interaction with them on the streets when they sell that penny uh, ribbon to right. her. Did you have any inclination that they could be vampires? thought they were vampires, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I, I yeah. mean, I, I knew I had a feeling that they would end up being the villain of this season, but sure. I wasn't sure exactly which direction they were going to go with them. I just saw the, the pale, the dark eyes. Yeah, my, like, the clear indicators were paleness. Blood. And blood. Like, you know, I'm like, blood, yeah. put two and two together. Yeah. Hello, you have vampires. <laughs> right. Um, but we hear this creepy voice from the master. Have no fear, child. Tell me about Vanessa Ives. Ooh, this was amazing. So good. So good. She who call. She who you call Vanessa Ives, learn more and inform me. So pretty much Renfield, just like the canon, is pretty much the informant for the master. Mm-hmm. Who we find out is Dracula. Yes. Oh my gosh. How great was that? <laughs> you think we're going to see Dracula? Like actually oh, yeah. see him? Yeah, we, yeah. Have, we to. have to. Yeah. And I didn't know if he's kind of this omnipresent, <laughs> just like you know, there. <laughs> master, or if he was Dracula. actually a figure. Um, uh, 
be interesting. <laughs> It'd be fun to watch. Yeah. And I love just how there was the moment where, like, all those vampires were, like, creeping in. Yeah. Oh, and then like they crawling? scattered. Yeah. They literally scattered just at the, the sound yeah. of Dracula. So that just shows just how much Dracula, we haven't even seen a physical presence of him, but he has a presence that's right. scary enough to move everybody yeah yeah the way that they moved around just really freaked me out i remember uh there was like that i don't know if it was a ladder or what but the creature was crawling like backwards up it that was so they're like bats they were moving like bats they are you know um yeah i think it was just captured so beautifully on screen the lighting the color scheme just just the music yeah. that was swelling during all that. Yeah. It's like, oh my goodness. That was just a trifecta. And bend back your neck. Yeah, it's bend back oh, your that, neck. Oh, here. gosh. There we go. Bend, bend your head back. Give me your neck. Give me your throat. Give me your blood. Yeah. That show just knows how to give you goosebumps. Oh, my goodness. Never did I see that coming. No. And, like, just the, how the whole episode was, just establishing where everyone is. And then, you, of course, you have to throw in the creature, the, the more... Pretty much the villain, yeah. right, an antagonist of the season in the last five minutes. Yeah. Oh, it was intense, Yeah. Yeah. Really Amazing. good. Yeah. Yeah. My name is Renfield, so should be interesting. A little bit more about Renfield if you don't know the canon of Dracula. Renfield is, again, the patient of John Seward, but he's the person who um, eats, like, flies and spiders and birds because oh, he nice. is he's a mentally ill person. <laughs> But he was pretty much at the beck and call of Dracula. Interesting. To be an informant. Well, we can see that already, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so much. Overall, this was an amazing episode. Yeah. Amazing episode. Oh, my goodness. Great. It's establishing. so many possible yeah. storylines that I just, I want to see where they go with it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. There's so many different loose ends right now. Yeah. Anything else about this episode that we may have missed or covered I'm trying to think uh, it's just so much going on um yeah one more thing about dracula there's always one more thing because i have a lot <laughs> um dracula the story was actually published in 1897 and the story of penny dreadful right now is october 6 1892 but the, actually the story of dracula even though it was published in 1897 it takes place anywhere from like 1760 to 1820 so oh, again we're still in the historical canon yeah of interesting just the victorian england and they all these stories so well it's yeah. so like, they know what they're doing it is it is so incredibly intelligent and i love it i love it so one much. one last thing i thought was sure. really great was um when uh in the museum and he was discussing the scorpions and she's oh, talking yeah. about nobody likes to see the sheep people like danger you know people want to see and it's like that's why we love this show mm-hmm. you know yeah. it, it's it's enthralling to see this sometimes, dangerous scary yeah. creepy stuff sometimes watching the darker aspect of a story is more more entertaining exactly more so all right so maybe let's get to predictions then and now you're after Buzz TV predictions. All right, so that preview was pretty amazing. Yes, pretty much scoping like all of season two. But what do you think will happen with uh, Ethan? I want Ethan to be reunited with Vanessa, but I feel like they're not going to do it until the end of the season. Yeah. It's going to kill really? me. You think it's going to take that long? Like, I think it will take a while. Maybe, no. I don't think it'll be in the first few episodes. I think it will be later on the season, just to 
get at us. Okay. Well, I think Sir Malcolm's got to go get Ethan. I think he will. I think especially after getting Vanessa's letter, he's going to feel compelled to. And I think um, either Vanessa will tag along (laughs) or, um, you know, they'll reunite when he gets back. But I definitely see them reuniting. I definitely see her dealing with these vampires and this threat. So Ethan's going to come help her. Mm-hmm. Uh, one way or another, I think the team will reunite. Has to. And they have to. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're all just like, they're pretty lost by themselves. Yeah. They need a band together again. Together, yeah. they're the dream team. Their unique yeah. nature. <laughs> that unique, was it. They all unique. have these unique natures that really don't work well without the other. Yeah, and I mean, we even saw it in like season one and two, just the whole theme of them banding t- together. Where every time they went out on like a big mission or quest and whatnot, it's like, we're, we're, doing, we're in this together. Right. Yeah. And that was their whole, you know, pact between each other. Right. And I think that's what makes just, like, all the characters' friendships and relationships, like, so meaningful. Right. Yeah. Well, they all accept each other for their inner demons. Mm-hmm. And that definitely brings them closer together because in their other relationships or, I guess, just with in society, they're always worried about just people not accepting them for who they are. I feel like, like they have to hide who they are. Absolutely. Uh, so what do you think will happen with Victor Frankenstein, Dr. Jekyll, and I'm sure they're going to cross paths with Dorian Gray and Lily. Yes. What do you think is going to go I down? I want to know how happens? they think they're going to get Lily. Right. I know. I was like, they make it sound so easy to just get her to the laboratory. And, Let's just get her in domestic. You know, work on her, you know, social issues. I don't know. <laughs> it's just like, I, it'll be interesting to see how they're going to get her from Dorian, because I don't think he's going to give her up easy. Mm-hmm. And uh, if they even can, and what happens there. Yeah. What do you think? I just, I think they're in over their heads. I think Lily is a psychopath at this point. They need to let it go. Demonic. If she's not bothering well, them, I mean. In fairness, Dorian's kind of a psychopath, too. They're yeah, they're both for like, each other. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I they're think that's not- why they work together. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what do you think that'll happen when John Claire finds out about what's happened to Lily? Oh, gosh. Uh, and what they're planning on doing with, because Lily was supposed to be for John Claire. Yeah, right. which, I mean, you can't right. plan that stuff. That was already Yeah, ago. so I don't think he's going to be happy. No, not at no. all. Yeah. All right. Any other predictions on your end? I don't no. know. I guess so much. We just got to wait and see. <laughs> well, I'm very excited for this season. Me too. too. A lot of new characters to look yes. forward to and a yes. lot of good storylines. Even though Dracula's storyline has been done so many times, I we just know with this, the strength of John Logan yeah. and like the amazing writing ability he has is going to be freaking. Oh, phenomenal. he's going to reinvent it. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. All I'm right. So, so in the meantime, where can everyone keep following you? Uh, I'm Renee Ariel. You can follow me on Instagram and on Twitter at Renee Ariel. And I'm Angela Struck. You can follow me on Twitter at the Angela Struck and on Instagram at Angela Struck. There you go. And I'm on Twitter at Serafini TV. You can follow me on Twitter at Serafini TV. And you can follow all of us here on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all those fun social media platforms at AfterBuzz TV. Rate, comment, subscribe. Tell us what you think about today's episode and what your hopes are for season three. So many great things to talk about. We're really excited for the season. A lot more to look forward to. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And we will see you next time. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. 
To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.